I'm Shanna Hutchison, dietitian, blogger, and mama, born and raised in the heart of the Midwest. I believe that wellness goes way beyond what we eat and that our body size does not determine our worth. I'm passionate about showing other women how to live a life they truly love, one that feels purposeful, that helps them feel their best physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that being a mom can be one of the best things you ever do without it becoming your entire identity. This is a place you can come to hear vulnerable and interesting conversations about health and wellness, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and more. If you want to find freedom with food, learn how to improve your overall well-being, and stop waiting for a number on the scale to start living your best life and go after your goals, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to learn and grow together. This is the Wellness for the Win podcast. Hi guys, I am so excited to have an interview edited and ready to share with you today. It feels like a true miracle. It is a Saturday. Rhett actually took a nap. Levi peacefully slept on my chest in the carrier throughout this whole thing. So just like hallelujah for that. (laughs) So I know I've mentioned several times that I totally should have outsourced my podcast editing before this point, especially with everything that happened with our birth and everything. But nevertheless, here we are. And I actually really enjoy editing my podcast and I find it somewhat therapeutic and I just like to do it. And I always enjoy listening back to these conversations, especially when it has been a while since the interview happened like this one. So I really loved this chat with Kelly. And I when I shared that she was coming on my podcast on my Instagram, you guys were pumped. You were so excited to hear from her and freaking out that she was coming on the show. So I know you're going to love this one. We cover all of the questions that you guys submitted, like, do you need a three-row vehicle? Is Kelly team bench seat or bucket seat? Can sedans work for a growing family? Travel tips, other considerations you probably haven't thought about when it comes to your car and safety for you and your family, trends to watch for, and so much more. So let's go ahead and jump right in and meet Kelly and uh, have her answer our questions. Enjoy. My name is Kelly and I'm the car bob. I review cars for moms and for families. I'm a mom of three and I'm a certified child passenger safety technician I'm a former car salesperson. My family owns car dealerships in the St. Louis area. So anything auto related is kind of my thing. And then (laughs) I found a way to kind of combine it with my other love in this world, which is, of course, being a mother. So I started my Instagram account in June of 2020, reviewing cars from a mother's perspective. Um, And it really kind of just blew up. I think there was such a need for honest reviews from, from the viewpoint of a mom. So that's kind of the niche that I found. And now we do a lot on Instagram from cars to car buying to motherhood. We have a YouTube channel where we do all of our like more professional tours talking about the car seat setup, if a stroller can fit, the cup holders, the safety. Um, And then I also have a podcast where we just, it's called The Carpool. And it's like the perfect podcast to listen literally in the carpool line. That's how we kind of, (laughs) that's kind of how we, we structured it around. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. I live in St. Louis. Sorry, awesome. I feel like I'm a little out of practice on the interview thing. I had a baby <laughs> 10 weeks ago. And this is like my first, I normally like would do interviews like clockwork. Yeah. I, this is my first one back. So you're kind of <laughs> like a rusty version of myself, but no, you're doing great. <laughs> I get that. Real. Like I said, I'll be in that postpartum fog pretty soon. So I completely yeah. get that. <laughs> um, well, that's all good to know. And that makes a lot of sense because, uh, you know, a couple of people did ask what made you start your account in the first place? You know, why were you interested in this? So that makes sense as someone who sold cars and then has family kind of in that industry. Um, that does make a lot of sense that it just happened fairly naturally. And like you said, too, it, it is such a an important 
niche to have to, to speak to mom specifically, because now as a mom of one, almost two, it it's so hard, <laughs> like yeah. thinking about all the different things, like what size do I need? I don't want it to be a, a massive boat, but I want it to be big enough for my family and all that kind of stuff. We actually just upgraded before baby two comes to um, a Highlander for me. And I scrolled way back in your account <laughs> to find yeah. a, a review of a Highlander. And so far, I'm loving it. Um, I think actually, and, and I told you this too, my followers love you. They, I feel like everyone that follows me follows you. Crossover. Yeah, exactly. My husband actually, I think followed you before I did and would send me a bunch of your videos and be like, this is, you know, check this out. Cause we've always been, you know, looking, you know, you're, everyone's always in the market for a car. If something comes for sure. up, right. Kind of like yeah. houses. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. So you said you started back in 2020, kind of during the pandemic or was it before that? No, it was during the pandemic. So I was pregnant okay. with my second. Um, and you know, what was interesting about dealerships is we were deemed essential because mm. people need reliable transportation, especially with us having a True. service department. So yeah. I was going to work pregnant through the pandemic and, and I'm talking like height of the pandemic. And it was at times stressful Um, especially being pregnant. And I was just kind of reflecting on, and I had a toddler at home. So I ended up kind of furloughing myself and taking some time off just because I didn't want to go to a dealership pregnant in the middle of a pandemic. Sure. And while I was at home, I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, like I don't even want to take my toddler to the grocery store. What are these families who are car shopping supposed to be doing right now? Like, are they literally taking toddlers to a dealership to see if their stroller fits in a trunk? And (laughs) I kind of just took the time to look at my resources, which was, you know, car dealership lots and my skill set, which was selling cars. And it's so funny because when I was pregnant with my second daughter, with my second, I was like, gosh, am I going to go back to work? Like, what am I going to do? Like being a mom and being in the car business doesn't mix. Like the hours are demanding, the pay is up and down. Daycare for two kids is so expensive. Like being a mom and being in the car business just don't mix. And then kind of like the way God just like planted the idea in my head. He's like, no, like they do mix and you're (laughs) going to do it. And you're going to like, make cars and motherhood a thing. Yeah. So I'm just super grateful for the resources and the platform that I feel like I've been given. Um, and I hope that I, I mean, I really just try to wake up every day and make car buying easier for families. Cause I know it's so overwhelming and it, mm-hmm. these cars are so expensive. Yeah. Um, so I take the responsibility very seriously of being one of the trusted names of finding mothers, finding a safe car for their family. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a perfect point that you point out because that's what so many people said. I I threw up a question box to say, okay, you know, what do you want to ask Kelly? And so many people are just so frustrated with how hard it is to buy a car these days. Like you said, the cost these days is absolutely insane. And people Mm -hmm. just feel like, and this isn't the case for everyone. Obviously, there's some salesmen out there that are awesome and great and helpful. um, But a lot of people just feel like they're not really supported in the process. And they're just like trying to make a quick buck off of them and um, deceiving them. And I even had a girl, you know, submit a question today. Like, how can I, as a woman confidently buy a car myself without feeling like I'm being like deceived or tricked or something. Um, So yeah, I think you do a great job of kind of giving an honest review, really showing all the ins and outs of every different car and pros and cons, all those things. And you mentioned too, to me, just car buying is so individual, you know, for every different family, we have so many things to consider. And then of course, cost is like the biggest one (laughs) that I think for everyone these days. Um, And Shannon, if it's okay, I'd I'd love to actually answer her question about how yeah. women can feel more empowered because yeah, I, do. you're hundred percent correct. Um, there's bad eggs in the car business. There's bad yeah. eggs in every industry, but 
I think my, one of my mission kind of being, and I think where my perspective is so unique is I do come from the dealer side of things. Right. And I was a good, I'm a good salesperson. Like I genuinely cared about my customers. I like, I would lose sleep over not finding my customers, the right car. And I know (laughs) those salespeople are out there. So it's kind of on my heart to feel like I can match great buyers to great salespeople. And one of the best Mm -hmm. ways to do that is to just empower your, to put yourself in control of who you work with and choose your salesperson ahead of time. A trap that a lot of people fall in is they show up to the dealership on a busy Saturday without an appointment. Yeah. Let me tell you something about dealerships on a Saturday. Everyone's (laughs) car shopping on a Saturday and all the good salespeople are working by appointment. The Mm -hmm. available salesperson who's there one o'clock on a Saturday, who doesn't have a customer is not the person I would want to work with. The good salespeople have appointments. Like they're Mm -hmm. booked for the day. Mm-hmm. I was always booked on a Saturday. Like I never took walk-ins. So the way that you can do that is there's this great platform. It's one of my favorite websites. It's called Dealerator. And on Dealerator, you can read reviews about individual salespeople. Because I think we all like are in the habit of, let me go to Google and let me make sure I go to the Toyota dealership with the best reviews. But yeah. you have to take it a step further and you have to decide who you work with. So you go on Dealerator, you type in the dealership you want to go to, and then it pulls up all the salespeople and you can read reviews about those individual salespeople. And then you can schedule an appointment directly from there. So that way you know you're going to have an appointment with a five-star rated salesperson. Mm-hmm. It's 100% the way that you're going to improve your car buying process. Like I'm not, hmm. there's no point of me giving advice on how you can get a 75-year-old man selling cars to treat you seriously. <laughs> like it's just, I'm so beyond yeah. past that. Like there's good salespeople out there, find them and give them your business. Yeah, that's a, a good resource to know of. I don't even, I don't think I've ever heard of that. So that is a very good tip. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, we're we're looking for cars, you know, and I think too a lot has changed in the past year or so in terms of like cost of like new versus used cars and things like that, and of course interest rates and all the things. Um, I know at one point, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm definitely not not an expert in this area, but I think at one point it was like new cars were almost even cheaper than used cars in some cases, or like they were so comparable that people were buying new a lot more than they used to. Um, so what are your thoughts on? buying new versus used, like pros and cons. Obviously, again, cost is a factor. Some people were like, okay, what what like mileage is way too much to get on a used vehicle? Um, you know, what are some, some considerations in that regard that we should kind of think about? Um, yeah, I mean, the new versus used debate is, it's kind of like a situational type thing. I mean, there was a time during right. the pandemic where used car prices were so high yeah. Um, that by the time you factored in the higher interest rate and the warranty and the lack of warranty that you would get on a used car, sometimes going new did make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, to me, one of the biggest benefits of buying used, which I don't think a lot of people think about, is the fact that used cars depreciate much slower than new cars. If you buy a new car, you drive off the lot, it's going to depreciate 30% by right. the time you get it home parking in your driveway. Right. Um, used vehicles depreciate slower. So what that means is, in theory you know, in a perfect world, you would be able to, it's a better investment and it would have the opportunity for you to get out of the car sooner than later. So like, for example, I mean, if you buy a $20,000 car today and you drive it for two years, okay, now it's worth $15,000 depending on how many miles you put on it. So like the cars just appreciate slower. There's Mm -hmm. also less pressure on, you know, not worrying about every little dent, ding and scratch. I mean, I (laughs) I I sit in new cars every day. It's a little stressful when you're like, wait, I you didn't want me to install a car seat in this brand new car that's like right. never like I just took the plastic off the dash. So it's a <laughs> it's, it's a little stressful, I think. Yeah. And I, you know, I think used cars are I think used cars are a good value. You can also argue that um, you know, if reliability is a concern, which I think it is for a lot of families, sometimes shopping used is a better indication of what a reliable car is going to be than shopping new. I mean, if I had to put money on a car making it to two hundred thousand miles, would I 
want to put money on the car that's made it to 100,000 miles with no issues? Or do I want to put money on the car that's never driven off the lot? Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue the car that had that's already has 100,000 miles on it that, that has had no issues. There's yeah. a pretty good chance it could, it's going to continue to make it. It sounds like a reliable car. These yeah. new cars, you have no idea what recall is going to come out, what warranty issues are going to be. So, I, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to buying new and buying used. I mean, new, you can be way more selective. You mm-hmm. can decide what color you want, what trim you want. We always make a joke in the car business that there's no used car factory. So everyone <laughs> always says they want like a, you know, a white on beige Kia Telluride with, you know, 50,000 miles on it. Okay. Well, that you're, you can't just get that at the used car right. factory. You know, you right. have to want to become available. So <laughs> yeah, I think it, it just depends on what the, what, you know, what's more important to the family, what the long-term goals are, but mm-hmm. both, both can be good options. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all very good points. And definitely, I mean again, because we just recently bought a car, just kind of looking at the different options that were available. It's just crazy. I mean, again, prices these days are crazy even for yeah. used. <laughs> but some of the new I saw was like, wow, like the, right. the Kia Telluride. I was kind of shocked at how expensive those are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're beautiful, but they're not cheap. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, for again, majority of my community is moms or people who hope to grow their family soon. And looking for a car and, you know, what would you say are some of the most important features that growing families should be considering or looking for, um, you know, or where to even begin for anyone who's looking for a new car? What are some of the biggest things that you encourage people to kind of think about? I think the number one thing, the number one mistake I see families make is not forecasting their family's growth. Mm. So, you know, I think what I see happen a lot as, and I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. We'll take your, you for example. Sure. So you're like, okay, I'm going to, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know your situation, but here, here's an exercise that I've had, had you gone through before you decided to do it, uh, Toyota Highlander. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how long do you, we'll just do it. How long do you plan on keeping the Highlander for? Hopefully a long time. We're planning to like snip my husband after the second child. So perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important <laughs> to say, okay, so if, if I have one child right now, and I'm in a, you know, whatever, a Ford Edge. Mm-hmm. I want to upgrade to a three-row SUV. I know I'm going to have, I'm, let's say I'm going to keep this car for 10 years. So in year five of this 10-year loan, what does the family look like? Has it grown in numbers? Have people grown in size? Has it grown in lifestyle changes? And does the vehicle still work? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what happens to a lot of families is they would let me like buy the Toyota Highlander, for example, and say, this is my 10-year car. It has a third row. I don't even need the third row. I only have two kids. I'm going to have two more kids in this car. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, can you? Can you actually put car seats in the third row of that vehicle? Can you right. access the third row when you have car seats in the second row? What will that do to your trunk space? Can mm-hmm. you fit the double stroller with the third row up with your four kids? And really just make sure you go through every year you plan to own the car and how you would predict your family to change. Yeah. I mean, and obviously that can be difficult. But if I look at my example, I had three kids in four years. Mm-hmm. Like that was quick. So yeah. if I would have gotten to a six-year loan on a you know, Honda Pilot, does the car still work? six years from now? Do I still have the trunk space I'm looking for? Was that really a good buy? So mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's either delaying the purchase. So not rushing into, not rushing into a car purchase just because you're pregnant or possibly buying way bigger car than you need for what you currently have. Because what you don't want to do is get into a vehicle loan and then in two years, try to get out of the loan. That is right. not a smart, I mean, cars are depreciating assets. That's throwing money out the window. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to get into a loan, only pay it off for two years and then try to get out of that loan early. Right. So I really just think making sure you go through, does it have enough tether anchors? Can I access the third row? What's the trunk space like? Is there enough space? And really you thinking about how your friend is going to use the car for the entirety of how long you plan to keep the vehicle for. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. We got me. So I got a Ford Escape in 2018. And then we, so now 2023, got the Highlander. And in 2018, that was like three years before we had my son. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I love that car for the life that I had it. But, you know, in hindsight, should we have maybe thought ahead of, you know, it, it did fine for him for two years, but definitely not something that you know, I could have kept for 10 years with, with two kids and, you know, a growing family, that kind of thing. So it is hard. And obviously again, considering your financial situation and your season of life and things like that, but it is, you know, as much as you can think ahead and like do that planning and really sitting down. And is that something that you do with people? You do kind of those consults to kind of walk them through that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I do personalized, I do 15 minute consultations, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I promise you I'm a very fast talker and <laughs> I could do this in my sleep. So it's yeah. just a matter of telling me your situation, your budget, how you predict your family to grow. And then I give recommend, I give like, I only like to give about two to three cars that I'd recommend because I think mm-hmm. what's, how, is it really helpful to, for me to give you six cars? Like I feel like anyone right. can give you six cars. I'm like, no, here's the two cars I'd recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and nice. Sometimes less is more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, listen up. I have to tell you about one thing that I use every single day, pretty much all day, and that is my love handle phone grip. So this is the stretchy strap that's on the back of my phone, and here's why I love it so much more than others out there that I've also tried. First of all, you can actually lay your phone flat still or stick it in your back pocket, which is really nice. It also has a super strong magnet on the back, so if you need to quickly stick it up on the fridge or on the side of your car while you're loading stuff up, you can, or also like random places that you didn't think of, like the washing machine. Um, And speaking of cars, they also have a car mount that is magnetic as well, so you can put that up on your dash to hold your phone too. My personal favorite feature is the kickstand that's on the back, so you can prop your phone up at an angle, which I use all the time on my desk when I'm working or if I'm scrolling my phone while I'm eating a meal on the countertop, because let's be honest, we all do that. So they are stretchy straps. They have some that are made of fabric or their new silicone straps are awesome because they don't get stretched out. So they have tons of cute designs and they can stick to any phone case that you already have. And if you want to try them out as well, you can use my affiliate code wellness for the win or the affiliate link that I'll leave for you in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. So speaking of which, you know, I got a jillion questions on SUVs. Um, And so I know, again, there's so many, so many factors, so many SUVs um, and things that are important to consider. So are there, but someone did ask, are there any sedans that you like for families or just in general, like are sedans something that you see work for people like with, with one kid or two kids or um, any like pros and cons of sedans? Yeah. Sedans. Um, when I, yeah, I mean, I know like everyone always wants to know like, what's the, give me your top three cars. And it's just a right. question that I, I won't answer because I think it'd be irresponsible to answer. Like everyone, not everyone, there's a lot of other publications that put out like top family SUVs. And I've been in the rooms where they're deciding those top family SUVs. And there's, there's absolutely no merit behind what they're saying. It's a bunch right. of journalists who just like don't even have kids who are like, Oh, I thought this one was better than this one. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not, Those yeah. lists are so dangerous and should not, I honestly should not be considered. Mm-hmm. So I hate that I like, interest me, if I felt like I could make carbine easier and give you a list, I would do it. Right. But I, I just feel like I can't, but okay. Back yeah. to sedans. <laughs> um, yeah. Sedans are, I think very underrated in, in the mom car space. Sedans are, get incredible gas mileage. They actually have incredible trunk space. Yeah. They are much more affordable. And mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, they fit to, they can fit two kids very comfortably. I think the biggest thing with a sedan is making sure that for rear-facing car seats especially, there's enough clearance behind the driver and mm-hmm. the rear-facing seat. Um, and that also you can 
comfortably get kids in and out of sedans. I'm very tall. My kids are very tall. Yeah. So I find that the lower roof on sedans isn't really something that I enjoy doing just because it's it's hard sure. for me to load my kids in and out. But for a lot of families, it's not. Mm-hmm. And they're great. I mean, I think one of the bigger, the bigger sedans are better, like like a Honda Accord, a Toyota Avalon, a Ford Folk or Ford um Taurus. Like I would go for the bigger ones, Nissan Maxima, Hyundai Elantra. There's there, there there's a lot of good options. It really just comes sure. down to if if you can if it's enough space and if you can fit. Right, for sure. Yeah, my brother has had. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. I think it's a Honda Accord for like. He's probably had that thing for ten plus years at this yeah. point, and it has two c- car seats in the back, and they do great. And he's super happy with it. And he's like, the mileage is incredible, and it's paid off. So why would I ever? <laughs> you know, he's yeah. he's not uh, unhappy with the space or anything. So yeah, to each their own. Um, but that's good to know for people who are growing their family and have a sedan. It's like, don't panic. You don't immediately have to to go get a big old SUV. Um, you can make it work most likely in, in a lot of cases. Um, so with that said, you know, again, I, I won't make you name a bunch of different SUVs that you like, but I guess what are some considerations for two rows versus three rows? Obviously, you know, family size, that kind of thing. But even like for for me, for example, who I I know pretty confidently 99% that we're only having two kiddos. Um, so we don't necessarily need a third row, but we like that option of, you know, when our kids get older and we have, you know, carpools and friends in the car and things like that, um, it'll be nice to have that option. Um, someone asked like, at what point do we need a third row or what are some things to maybe consider with two versus three? Yeah. I, um, think that a lot more famous could be in two row vehicles. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, People want to feel like they're checking the box of getting the three-row SUV, and then they yeah. have the three-row SUV down the entire time. The trunk yeah. space on three-row SUVs is not good. It's never good in any of right. them. Unless, unless you're getting a Suburban or an Expedition Max, you're always going to be like, this is the trunk with the third row up? They're right. always disappointed. No offense. The Highlander is horrible. Horrible trunk space <laughs> with the third row up. Yeah. So I think that a five-passenger SUV most of the time has way better trunk space, and I think that's really what the families are after more than an extra seat. Um mm-hmm. And I, yes, I think it absolutely depends on the season of life that you're in. Like I have, right. an, I, I drive an expedition. Everyone wants to know what I drive. I drive an expedition <laughs> and I, I have a bench seat and I have all three of my kids across and I have my third row down. Now we never drive anyone anywhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Who would, who would possibly like, who would, I would never make my mother. And also we love closely. Like my mother would never climb through the trunk of right. my vehicle to access it. So I think right. I would not stretch your budget by tens of thousands of dollars for the one time a year you might drive your mother-in-law somewhere in the exactly. third row of what she's going to have to climb through the trunk to get there. If it's right. something you're going to be using on a regular basis, yes. If not, open yourself up to the five passenger SUVs because there's so many and you can get you can get a nicer, newer, better car if you stick to a five passenger versus just going up to a three-row SUV just because you think, well, maybe one day. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good good thing for people to realize cuz like you said a lot of people are just checking that box and feel like they have to and you know, there's just so much out there that And I you think know. I think the misconception is it's such a bigger car. But there's a lot of five passenger SUVs that are not that much smaller than some of the three row SUVs. I mean, again, back to the Highlander. The Highlander, I can name several five passenger cars that have more cargo space than the Highlander. Mm-hmm. Like the Highlander's not that big. It just has a third row. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, Which totally. The Highlander is a good car. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not happy <laughs> on that. But I'm just saying, like, it's not. Don't always equate three rows to being bigger because that's sure. not always the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good a good point. And as of now, we have the third row down, and I anticipate that being down majority of the time in this season of life. Because yeah, oh, the- I mean, we would get we'll get trade ins at the dealership 
And I'll be like, no one sat in this. This car is seven years old. No one's ever sat in this third row. Right. For sure. It's brand. It's like shocking when you see like the second row torn to crap. Right. Car seats, goldfish, (laughs) markers. And then the third row is like, Pristine. butt has sat in his (laughs) car in 10 years. Yeah, so true. That's hilarious. Um, So speaking of the the bench seats versus the bucket seats. So you mentioned you have the bench seats. We have bucket seats. I know that was something that a lot of people recommended when I was like, okay, what car is good for for two kids? Um, And we really like the bucket seats, but I know, you know, there's pros and cons of both. So what would you say? What's kind of your preference or what do you see people prefer based on all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I'm strongly on team, a good bench. There's good benches and there's bad benches. Sure. Um, quite honestly, the Islander bench is nothing to write home about. So I think you made the right choice with the captain's chairs, but for the most part, I think a bench seat is a good bench seat is better for families. Um, okay. for a couple of reasons, one, hello, extra seat, like, okay. Right. No now right. it's like for Highlander, for example, two car seats and a mom, no, you would. I don't even know if you'd fit, or if you did, it would be incredibly uncomfortable. My expedition, I could fit easily between two car seats. So to me, I like love the option for moms, especially parents going from one to two, to consider a bench seat because I always ask them, like, well, did you sit back there a lot with your first? Mm-hmm. I mean, I drove back there with my son, my oldest, all the time. My daughter came home, I drove back there with her all the time. Now I have three, and it's like, sorry, Fred, like, I yeah, can't, I, I, can't, I can't get back there. George, the older the baby, kids will watch. Yeah. George, can you put the pinky back in his mouth? I can't help you. But I think that's something that families don't always think about. Like, oh, do I want to sit back there on a long road trip with the family? Additionally, like I said, trunk space, you know, I think if you are going to get like, let's say you have three kids and you have a uh, GMC Acadia and you have the captain's chairs and you want to put someone in the third row because you have three kids. What does that do to your trunk space? Then right. your trunk space is completely gone because you have to have the third row up to put a child there. And I, families always want to tell me, um, well, I'll just put down half of the third row. And to that, I just have to remind them, well, now you've made that third row position incredibly dangerous for that child. You cannot mm-hmm. put down a portion of the third row and then put a child next to your Costco haul. Yeah. Because then right. if you get in a collision, all of those groceries are now dangerous projectiles that are right next to the child in the third row. I don't say that to scare True. families. Yeah. I just say that to make them aware of the risk yeah, putting down that third row. So I really encourage families look at the trunk space with the third row up. And if that's not enough, get a different car. Yeah. If that's not yeah. enough. For, I mean, and I get it. Like I've had situations where I've had to do that too. I mean, I'm a mom of three. Yeah. But I just try to say like, if your daily life requires you to put down a portion of the third row, I think you should get a bigger car. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another factor. So how I love to utilize my expedition and I don't have the extended wheelbase expedition. There's expedition, expedition max. Mine's just a regular expedition. I have my three kids across the bench. They love it. It's easy to load and unload. They're all right there. And I can have the third row down the entire time. And I have incredible trunk space. Mm -hmm. So that just kind of functions best for me. And I feel, I think also it's it's the access of the kids. Like I have two rear facing car seats and a one forward facing car seat. So I put my forward facing son in the third row. How would I buckle him? Right. Two rear facing car seats. Yeah. Like that sounds hard. So instead I have him in the middle seat of the bench and then my two rear-facing seats on either side. I buckle in my rear-facing kids. My oldest son sits in the forward-facing seat. I sit in the driver's seat and I turn around from the driver's seat and buckle him. I could mm-hmm. never do that if he, was, if he was in the third row. I'd have to go through the trunk. Right. It would be exhausting. Right. So, yeah. For all those reasons, I'm team bench. And I've done a ton of like, you can go watch my Ford Expedition tour on my YouTube channel if you want to know more about like how I've set up my car for my kids. I actually probably need to do an updated one because <laughs> when I did that one, my son was, I had three, three rear facing seats and that was really okay. something. 
Yeah, I'm but. sure. <laughs> I've thought about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how people with three do it. It just seems really hard to. <laughs> it is. No, you know what? It is really hard. And everyone's yeah. like, isn't it going to be hard to load three or facing ki- three kids across the bench? I'm like, yeah, it's hard yeah. to do. Th- it's hard to get three kids into anything. It's hard to right. get two- anything. Like, yeah. You know, sometimes I think people look to me for like the, an answer they don't know. Like, what? Like, what is the best way to do it? I'm like, like that sounds so hard. It's like, no, that is the best way to do it, and it is hard. Yeah, you know, it's just the, <laughs> that's motherhood scared. in a nutshell. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah, it is not easy. They're like, don't they fight sometimes? I'm like, yes, yes, they do. <laughs> in fact, they do. Yeah. <laughs> You're I like, you know I'm, what? I yeah. can't reach back there because there's too right. much shit going on. So <laughs> they just have to fend for themselves. Exactly. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> All right. Real quick, while we are talking about cars and car snacks, I am shamefully admitting how many protein bar wrappers I have in the side door of my car. And I have to tell you about Aloha bars because those are my go-to. So they have tons of delicious flavors, but my favorites are the ones that involve chocolate in some form. So especially chocolate chip cookie dough is my number one. And then coconut chocolate almond is delicious and peanut butter cup. And I love these bars because they actually have a good dose of protein. So they keep you full for a while. So the big ones are around 14 grams per bar. And they're also gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and plant-based. So they're a great option for anyone who has those dietary restrictions, but they're still super delicious and they're just awesome to have on the go. They also have mini bars, which are awesome for a quick snack to just hold you over really quickly, like when you're in the car from one thing to the other or to give to your little kiddos. Um, But you can head to my affiliate link in the show notes if you want to shop them and get a discount. Enjoy. What would you say are some like essentials or necessities that we should keep in our cars, especially with young kiddos? Yeah. Um, I really, so I'm a, I'm very much a less is more kind of person when it comes to like car accessories. Like I see so many things on so many car organizers on Amazon get sold. And I want to tell everyone is just like to save your money. Like it's just a <laughs> bunch of junk. You don't need yeah. a back of the seat organizer to store like their crayons and tablets. Like it's just, it causes so much clutter and it just makes for a more dangerous projectile. So like true, you don't need that. Look at your car. And I just did a whole like reels series on my Instagram about like storage spaces you're underutilizing in your car. So I share like what to keep in your glove box, what to keep in your center console, what to keep in your leather back pockets, what to keep in your side cubbies. Like there's so much ways you can safely store things where it's also then organized. Yeah. Um, But I think I for sure always like to keep a change of clothes for both of my kids or all three of my kids. I keep them in the leather back pockets. So I have George's clothes, Hattie's clothes, Fred's clothes. They're all right there. Smart. I also like to keep jammies in my car. We always seem to be like, you know, at a family member's house or out to dinner later than I expected. And I love being able to change them into jammies because inevitably they're going to fall asleep on the way home and then I can yeah. just send them right to bed. Yeah. And one Smart. of my favorite tips is I always like to keep off season jammies in there. So for example, like if you were to open my center console, we've got Halloween jammies. Because I'm <laughs> never gonna, I bought them Halloween jammies. I'm never going to reach for those in my drawer because right, it's like right. not Halloween. They're perfect <laughs> in my car because when I need jammies, I don't care what season they are. So take your Christmas jammies, put them in your center console <laughs> and thank me later. 
That's super smart. Yes. I know. I I feel like I have so many empty spaces in my car. Like definitely the console has like literally nothing in it. The glove box. I think I saw that post of yours. That was like, okay, the huge manual that you like never look at is in there there. taking up space. It's like, I need to put some actual functional things in there. That is definitely a, a smart thing. What about when it comes to like travel or like road trips and stuff? Any other things that you recommend specifically for to have on hand for that? Um, yeah, I would say for road trips, it's really about, you know, planning your road trip out carefully. I mean, it is recommended that children in car seats need to get out every two hours for like their blood flow and things like that. So I think planning out the trip to stop every two hours, although it's annoying, is safer and better for everybody. Yeah. Um, and then again, just being very mindful about the projectiles that are in the vehicle. I mean, it's I hate to like keep harping on that, but like you know, it's kind of become like a joke on the internet. Be like, look at how jam packed my car is. And I'm just like, right, like fire alarms. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, this car is just like so dangerously packed. So yeah, just being smart about like, you know, making sure things are tied down, maybe consider getting like a little like roof rack or like a little roof capsule to put things in, or maybe yeah. even a storage box at the tow hitch. Like there's a lot of things you can do to, to keep the car safer. But to me, like my car is such like a sanctuary to me. And I think there's kind of you know, a running joke on the internet where it's like, oh, my car's so messy. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be. Cause I, here's yeah. the thing, mom, I guarantee you clean your kitchen every night. Let me tell, <laughs> let me tell you something. You put 10 minutes in your car, it stays cleaner 10 times longer than your kitchen. Yeah. Like, so stop, true. Stop cleaning your living room. Go clean your car for 10 minutes. <laughs> and yeah. you would be amazed at how much stuff you could get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then like your car becomes the sanctuary. Yeah. That's very true. I know my husband gives me so much shit because I am the worst. So like, it just like little things like gum wrappers and like the side door and like yeah, you granola bar wrappers, things like that. I know he's he cleans his car, like wa- goes through the car wash like three times a week. So we're Good we're different him. people. <laughs> but, I always say yeah. I say that cleaning cars drive better. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I that's saw kinda... someone. Yeah. Tag you in that the other day. I was like, yeah, I should probably get on that. But I mean, but I, to- <laughs> I totally get it. But it's just like, that's the space where like, I feel like I, I can control my life a little bit because yeah. I can't clean the living. I mean, I could flip this camera on and like show you my living room, my kid, like, oh my God, <laughs> it's bad. But the car, there's just something about like getting into a clean car. That's like, that's my time to decompress. Like then I'll load all three of my kids in there and like, we'll go to Starbucks and we'll get a car wash. And then we got out of the house without getting out of the car. And that's my favorite kind of errand to run. I love there to get go. out of the house without getting out of the car. Yep. So true. Yes. Especially with kids <laughs> in and out of the car seats. So is there anything else that we should keep in our cars that like we don't think of that would be like helpful to have for yeah. safety reasons or things like that? Yeah. I mean, I keep a car emergency kit in my car. Mine is the one I use is called Ready, R-E-D-I. It's meticulously organized and it stores really well in a car. And I it, like the peace of mind that I just have and that is is incredible. So I think an emergency kit is helpful. Um, I also keep something called a rescue me in your car. So it's spelled R-E-S-Q-M-E. And I keep it on my visor and it is a, it can shatter a window or cut through a seatbelt in case of an emergency. Mm. So that makes me feel better in case they were ever, you know, get in an accident or something and my seatbelt gets jammed or, you know, heaven forbid, I would have to shatter my window to get out of my car or something. I mean, just crazy things can happen. So I like, I like keeping the rescue me. I keep a travel potty in my Mm. car for potty training kiddos. Yep. Um, and then this is something fun that I like to do. I always like to snack in the car. And 
I like to keep, I like to look at my pantry. I like to take my reject snacks out of my pantry <laughs> and put them in my car. For example, it's like I had this bag of walnuts. When in the, I am never going to reach for a bag of walnuts in my pantry out of like all the other yummy snacks I could grab. Right. So I take those walnuts, put them in my car. You'll get desperate enough in your car. So like go look for your pantry. <laughs> Don't go buy car snacks. Go look at your pantry and be like, I'm so freaking tired of looking at these graham crackers that no one's eating. Put the yeah. graham crackers in the car. <laughs> you will get desperate enough in the car to eat some graham crackers. You would not in your house. So true. I know hunger just hits you in the car, especially like right now I'm like pregnant. I'm like, oh, yeah. if I don't have at least two snacks on me at all times, <laughs> I'm going to get into a pickle. So that's a, well, a very good idea. <laughs> and sometimes I don't always want to like commit to a meal. It's like, I want to wait right. till I get home and have dinner, but I'm starving. Exactly. Oh, great. I have some Brazil nuts and craisins. I guess I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll eat that. Yes. <laughs> that is a good, a good point for sure. Um, okay. What about, so speaking of, you know, we've talked about car seats a little bit and you mentioned you just had the, the switch from one of them being re- rear facing to forward facing. So what is the actual recommendation? Is it based on weight when they're supposed to turn around or age or when are we supposed um, to like keep them rear facing till? So there's minimums and maximums. And the best practice is to max out the height or weight limit. So okay. there's no age limit on rear facing. I mean, but most kids typically hit it. Most kids could honestly stay rear facing until about four, four and a half, five depending wow. on the car seat. I mean, okay. mo- and every car seat's different. Every car seat has different height and weight limits, but it's, it's whatever one they hit first. So they're either too tall or they're too heavy and they need to flip to forward facing. So that's the best practice. Like I said, every state and car seat brand has a minimum. And I do not recommend switching just be- just to switch or just because you checked the box. Like, so right. it just is rear facing is so much safer for these kids on their little bodies. And just the way crash dynamics work, Mm-hmm. keeping them rear facing the car seat takes so much of the pressure off of their bodies when they're rear facing versus right. forward facing mm-hmm. um i so my son like i said my son is going to be four next month and i just flipped him like two weeks ago okay and i he did not outgrow the height and weight limits and i probably could have i if i would have only had two kids i would have continued to keep him rear facing but it was just getting really difficult to load and unload and at some point you have to take a, take into consideration like other environmental factors like right i brought home no it wasn't 2 weeks ago i flipped him probably it was probably way more than 2 weeks ago probably like 6 weeks ago and yeah. it was in the middle of winter and i had a newborn baby and i was like i cannot load these three my son is my baby is freezing because it's taking yeah. me forever to load these three kids we were facing. So I made the decision to flip George forward facing mm-hmm. and, and, and I have peace with it. So it's all about having peace, but it's definitely about having the information that you feel is good. And my son, my son is big. He's very tall. He's 90th percentile for, for height. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, and I just flipped him and he could have easily made it to probably four and a half. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I think a lot of people are just like, Oh, they're two. We're going to flip them around yeah. and you know, and you and know, no, so, like, no shame, obviously, but like, well, you know, it's just like parents love milestones. I love milestones. Like, I mean, right. I'm like, oh, he's four months old. Let's do sweet potatoes. And I'm like, third, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to start food at four months old. But exactly, parents, like, that's yeah. just, we're so proud of our kids and we get so excited when they hit a new milestone. But that just isn't a milestone that's that you should necessary. Do and people are always like, but their legs, their legs are so cramped. Their legs are so cramped. And like with there's no other way I can get families to try to understand what I'm saying, where it's like it's a broken leg or it's a broken neck. Like, yeah. A broken leg is not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's just not. So cramped legs are not a reason to flip a child forward facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good reminder. And just, you know, like you said, you don't want to harp on it, but I think it's important to remember accidents happen, obviously. You know, yeah. I think we 
we live in this little fantasy land where that doesn't happen, but it's unfortunately the reality and we have to be prepared for that and think about, okay, what if, and are we setting ourselves up for success or to be as safe as possible with, especially with kiddos? My whole point of like the karma mission is I just want to empower mothers by giving them all the information when it comes to cars, car buying, car seats. I just want to make sure you know the information. And like, I want you as the caregiver to make the decision. I believe yeah. that the, I mean, the mothers are going to, I trust a mother's instinct. Like you're going to do what's right for your family. That's why I won't give you a list of cars that I recommend because it's mm-hmm. just, everyone has different reasons for buying a car, but it's just my mission to make sure you have all the info so you can make the best decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what about, and this kind of just randomly popped into my mind, but I remember like, for example, with our first child being terrified of like going to the hospital and getting him in the car seat for the first time and all those kinds of things. Do you recommend typically like getting our car seats like um, inspected by someone as far as like insulation and things like that before we bring a baby home or any any thoughts on that? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, it's like such the car seats are so complicated. I mean, I'm yeah, a certified tech and like I I just got a new car seat to try out. And like, I was literally reading the owner's manual for an hour last night. Like they're <laughs> just like, they are complicated. And so many parents have their car seats stalled incorrectly. So I would highly suggest having a CPST, a certified child passenger safety tech, inspect your car seat. I would not just go to a fire station. Yeah. The thing is like not, and I mean, there so, some, some firefighters are, do have that certification. Some have the certification and have not installed a car seat since they got the certification. I mean, the class, right. the class is nothing. The class is 40 hours. Like anyone could do a 40 hour class. It's who's installing car seats every day, who knows these seats inside and out, um, and can help you get a, a really good installation. So I think it's definitely a good investment to find a CPST in your area. You can just go online and find one, um, yeah. and just, and get it checked or just read your owner's manual. Like truly read the owner's manual. A lot of these car, a lot of the car seat manufacturers even give so much support. Like I know car seat manufacturers who have nothing but YouTube tutorials and you can call them if you need help. Like they want the car seats installed safely. So just don't delay and do not let the first time you play with your car seat be at the hospital. Cause that's what I did with my son, George. And I cried because I was like, this kid is not in his car seat. Right. I didn't know how to like loosen the strap. So bring your car seat in, get a freaking teddy bear and mm-hmm. start go- start going through the motions. And and it sounds like so stupid. It's like, come on, you just strap them in. But there's so much that you need to know about like, yeah, that it, it, it just takes some practice. It really does. I know that was something with my first two that I, I was like, I didn't go anywhere with him for like five weeks because I was literally terrified of getting him in the car seat. Yeah. And then of course, driving with him and like something bad happening. So yeah. yes, it's a very real fear, especially for first time moms. So if you're feeling like that, you're not alone <laughs> and you're not stupid. Yeah. And yes, I think that's a very common recommendation is just like go to a local fire station, but you're totally right. If they haven't done it in you know, if they do it once a year, it's not going to be super beneficial. No, and I hate to say that, but like, there's just... And it's still better than not doing it. But I'm just saying, like, as someone who took the class, like I was in the class with a bunch of firefighters and I'm like, I sit here and practice. I mean, I just got recertified last week and like it was I I had been installing courses this whole time. And like the certification like took me a second. Right. I just think if they're not doing it every day, it can be difficult, but that's still better than nothing. But really, like there's so many CPSTs out there in your area who like would love to help you for free. There's car seat checks all over, all over the place. There are a lot of children's hospitals. There's even some who offer virtual consultations. There's so many ways to make sure your seats are, are installed nicely. Absolutely. Okay. So back to just cars in general, 
in the next couple of years, are there any like specific trends that you're anticipating? Um, and then the next question was kind of on electric vehicles. So maybe I don't know if those tie together at all. Um, any thoughts on electric vehicles? I actually heard you on your podcast kind of talk about them, um, that it's just not practical for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. But I'd be curious to hear kind of your thoughts. Yeah, I think that it's a privilege to drive an electric vehicle. I think the average electric vehicle price is $66,000 right now. Yeah, okay? crazy. So there's just not, and it's, I mean, I'm like, I've been so vocal about this and I've gotten some heat, but I stand by what I'm saying. Families have been incredibly underserved with the electric vehicle hybrid market. You know, all these manufacturers, which I get, like they're going to come up with like a smaller sedan first. Great. Love that for them. Then instead of coming out with like an actual, like then they, then they do trucks and then like the GMC Hummer comes out and they're like, look, it has a thousand horsepower. And I'm like, Hey, my high, my expedition is not even a hybrid yet. Yeah. So it's really like fuel economy we're after, because if we really cared about cutting down on emissions, we would make all the vehicles hybrids. Mm-hmm. Like right. that is, that is the easiest way. Everyone's on board with a hybrid. No mm-hmm. one has to worry about charging. And we all just have more fuel efficient cars. Instead, they've taken like all of these clickbaity Ford Lightning, Tesla Cybertruck, like Rivian truck that can like do all these things and has a built-in speaker instead of like bringing like the families, the practical cars that they need. They're, what right. kind of SUV could a family go buy? I'm not even sure of a lot of electric vehicles that could do three across. I don't know what electric vehicle I would go buy if mm-hmm. I had to buy one. There's yeah. not one that I feel like could fit my trunk that would have the trunk space and could fit my kids safely. So I'm excited about them. Like I'm not, but I'm just disappointed that there hasn't been a bigger emphasis on getting some some of these families who are in these not good, not fuel efficient vehicles right now, that there hasn't been more of an emphasis on taking care of those vehicles first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're coming and like, I, you know, I hear it six ways to Sunday, like GM says all electric by 2035, California says all electric by 2035. There's just so much yeah. that needs to be done and maybe we'll get it done. I hope we get it done. I mean, I'm not like anti-EV and I'm not, you know, people also always want to say like, well, are they really that much better for the environment? And the answer is yes and no. There's yeah. things that are they're, they're they're not there's no they're not zero emissions nothing zero. right zero emissions is walking <laughs> yeah so like unless we were going to be walking and riding our bikes like it's still yes it's still you know there's still some problems with making electric vehicles mm-hmm. um but the studies i'm reading is you know they're so they're in theory cleaner than gas cars so i'm i'm just a little bit of like a skeptic on how quickly it's happening at the end of the day like i'm not excited about anything if the average transaction price is sixty six thousand dollars and there's not one that i think could fit my family safe. yeah for so sure. We have, we have, we have a long way to go, but yeah, I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm watching the market closely and I like the EVs when I drive them. I think they're fun. I just need more options. Yeah, totally. And I agree. I mean, I can get on board with the hybrid. Cause like you said, I mean, I just imagine like being on a road trip and there's nowhere to charge and like you have to charge your car yeah. and I just can't, ima- I don't know. It just seems crazy to me to, to think about always needing that as an option. I guess you could, you know, the, the argument could be made for a gas station as well. Like if you're in, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the range, you know, the range of anxiety is a big pain point for a lot of families, which I totally understand. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, we're just going to have to, you know, we got to get more comfortable. But to me, I think a hybrid is a no brainer. Like there was, and I don't have like the study, but I could try to find it. Um, but there was a study found that if the amount of materials it takes to build one EV, you could build six hybrids. Wow. So then you have, instead of one person, you could build six plug-in hybrids with a range of like 30 miles, 30 miles on pure electric, which the average American drives 30 miles a day on pure electric. On, on the, the average American drives 30 miles. So instead of making one EV car with the same amount of materials it would take, you can make six hybrids and then six people could be driving on 30 miles of electricity a day. 
Hmm. So like now you're getting six people to cut back on their daily emissions versus just one. So like the fact that hybrids are just like glazed over. Yeah. Is something I just don't, I don't understand. Totally. Yeah. That's it. it yeah. I won't even go into that because it reminds me of a, a similar argument for like plant-based food versus like farm yeah. food and stuff, <laughs> but there's a lot of overlap there. It sounds like, but that's good to know. Um, So electric vehicles definitely you know, again, up and coming and most likely we'll see more of them and hopefully they will find a way to make it make it more practical and more yeah. affordable for people as well. Um, are there any other trends that we should kind of watch for in terms of cars in the next several years or? I mean, I think like autonomous driving is going to continue to kind of be something that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, like uh, more driver assistance features, which I'm more pro driver's assistance technology than probably some other people out there. I think the technology is super cool. I think it's saving lives. So do I think that like I'm comfortable? Do I think a car should drive itself and like you should look down at your phone and scroll Instagram? No, (laughs) but I think it's silly to not appreciate and seek after the crash prevention tech that's on some of these cars. I mean, the frontal collision warning, the lane keep assist, the blind spot monitoring. I mean, those are, those are saving lives like one, a hundred percent. For sure. Totally. No, I know that's, that's a feature in my new car with the cruise control is it like has, you know, the three cars in front of you or whatever yeah. that it slows you down, which sometimes it's annoying because you're like, okay, I don't always need that. But <laughs> but it is, like you said, for people who are totally not paying attention, it probably is yeah. saving or reducing crashes in a lot of cases. So definitely agree with that for sure. Um, is there anything that we've missed that you think would be important to to touch on or mention for the listeners? No, I think we, I think we were pretty thorough. I, mean, <laughs> I think of, so too. It was kind of all over the place. And like I said, I apologize <laughs> for being a little rusty, but. No, um, you did great. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so speaking of which, again, you know, you're what you said, 10 weeks postpartum with your third. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how has that transition been going and like juggling your business and motherhood? You know, how did you kind of like navigate back into motherhood after or excuse me, into business after having this child. Yeah. <laughs> Asking you know, for myself. <laughs> I was, I was very, um, I didn't really make much of a maternity leave plan because I just didn't know how I was going to be feeling with my first. Mm-hmm. I had really bad postpartum depression. Um, with my second, I had nothing. So I was like, you know, this could really go either way. And I'm, yeah. I look at like postpartum depression and anxiety as just like catching strep throat. Like to me, you're just like either going to get it or you're not. I don't really think that at least in my experience, like, I don't think any outside factors really affected what happened the first time versus the second time. I just think literally you get it or you don't. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate enough that I haven't felt any sort of depression, anxiety. I mean, truly like my youngest Fred has just been like such a blessing into our family. He is just fit right in. He's honestly less work outside of me than he was inside of me. Like I was so <laughs> miserable. Yeah. Probably two months of pregnancy that I noticed him less outside. He's just, he's so, I, I can at least get around now. Like, before, yeah. you know, I couldn't even get up the stairs now. At least I can walk around. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I love what I do. I'm like so blessed that I have this flexible job where I could just get in and get out and spend time with my family when I need to, but right. I'm excited to, he started daycare this, or he started daycare last week, um, mm-hmm. not full-time, but a few days a week. And it's been nice to kind of get back to what I like to do, which is car tours yeah. and so transition's been not bad. I mean, three has not been that bad. It's not Good. been easy, but it's my first two were only 17 months apart. Yeah. So they were like, they've been on the same schedule for like forever, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, it's like they nap at one and like Fred can't be bothered to nap. And like they go to bed at eight <laughs> and like Fred's can't be bothered to go to bed at eight. So it's like yeah. all the breaks I had are now filled with Fred, which right. is fine. But yeah, 
yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to him getting a little older and things getting a little bit more on a routine, but for sure, it's been, it's been great. Totally. That's awesome. Well, good for you. I'm so happy for you and hope you continue to feel good. And like you said, with him going back to daycare as moms, I think it's so nice to kind of get back to things that we, we love outside of being a mom and just, you know, having our, our own stuff too. So good for you for making that happen. And again, having something that you love so much and you're clearly so passionate about and you're so good at. So we appreciate all your insight. (laughs) Yeah. You've got to just, I think, you know, it's so funny, like being like sharing like a postpartum, postpartum journey on social media it's just like some people just don't, I haven't gotten like a lot of hate comments, but I've gotten a few where it's like, I can't believe you're sending your older kids to daycare, like your home. And I'm like, do you know how daycare works? Like, do you think I can right. just not pay for daycare? You think, you know how there's waiting lists, babe. I just can't pull them out of daycare. And also like, right. I've just, I'm so fortunate that like we could send them to daycare and I could get that one-on-one time with Fred. Cause I think that's just, that's so important. Like once you're a mom totally. with multiple kids, mm-hmm. the hardest thing is like not feeling like you're spending enough time with each kid. And like me and Fred needed that bonding time for like me to feel good and connected to him. So 100%. you just, you send your older kids to daycare. Like you send the bit, you do whatever you want. Like <laughs> the opinions yeah. on the internet are not always, those are not what you should be following. Obviously yeah. taking my own advice. I need to. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I know my son will continue to go to daycare. And that's exactly how I feel. Like I would feel robbed of that solo time with this baby if I didn't yeah. have that. Because you also, know, with what's him- your two-year-old going to do at home with your while you're with the baby? Exactly. Like, that sounds so boring. Like, watch a like million hours do- of TV. <laughs> like who's that better for? Like right. no, you need to watch a million hours of TV and sit there with a baby. <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, I completely agree. It's it's you can never please everyone on social media. No, so you no, just got to no, do no. what you got to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but lastly. Please tell us where people can find you if for some reason or somehow they don't already follow you, um, you know, your Instagram, your podcast, all the things that oh, you sure. offer. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at the car mom, all of our tours. So if you're like in the market for a car tour for a car, I'd go to our YouTube channel, the car mom, and you can see all of my vehicle tours. You can also go to our website, the where we have, you know, blogs about different cars. We have car buying tips. We have online courses. So if you're intimidated by the car buying process and you want to get a good deal, I'd recommend our courses. You can also book a personalized consultation with me on my website. That's thecarmofficial.com. Someone has the carm handle and won't give won't give it to me. I'm in I'm in a bidding war. That's annoying. It. It's no, it's incredibly annoying. So like, I'm the carm official. Um, and then my podcast is called The Carpool. Then we're available anywhere podcasts can be found. Awesome. And I will link everything up for you guys so you can easily scroll down and find her. And just thank you so much again for your time today. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you, Shannon. And best of a uh, best of luck. Thank you. I actually thought I actually <laughs> thought one to two was my easiest transition. So really, okay. I was yeah. going to ask, like, what was the the hardest? That's- oh, zero to one. Anyone who doesn't think zero to one was the hardest, it's a whole life change. Like for sure, zero to one rocked me, and yeah. one to two was I thought incredibly easy, and two to okay. three has been a little hard. But okay, one to two was a breeze. That's what I'm hoping. I I feel like Rhett will be old enough that he'll be like he he definitely is not fully aware of like how much his life is yeah. about to change, but he's excited about baby brother. Good, like though. we talk I about it a lot. Yeah. 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 Cause he probably won't really remember a time before. And I think that's true. I yeah. think that's good. Which like in, in a way like makes me sad, but also, you know, no, that doesn't <laughs> you know, make you sad. It's like, <laughs> it's like all the, all the feelings of motherhood always. It's so oh, hard, but so I'm, true. I'm definitely at the point where like 35 weeks, it's getting really like scary close. And I'm just like, I'm having less moments of fear and more moments of like excitement, but also mm-hmm. like still so many moments of sadness that like he's 
you know, I only have so many weeks left of him yeah. as my only baby. So it's like I really, know. it's really hard. It is hard. It's crazy to uh, think about. Yeah. So, uh, well, hopefully one to two is easy for us as well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> send right, well, send prayers. Yeah. I will. <laughs> Thank you so much again. I appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some tips or wisdom that you can apply to boost your health and happiness starting today. If you did, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review to help other women like you find my show and get inspired to start living a life they love. Also, take a quick screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at wellness for the win so I can see why you love today's show. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.